That's it. I want to buy a GPU that's memoryless, and I just stack SSDs on it. Yeah, we could get into the whole upgradable GPU VRAM again, <laughs> but we don't have to do that. Anyway, no. Uh, thanks for watching. How much? How much do you really need? Nope. Sorry. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the more you buy, the more you save. <laughs> <laughs>、hey、everyone, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We're at episode seven twenty-seven. It's June fourteen, two thousand twenty-three. I'm Sebastian Peak. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walden. I'm Brett Van Spruenberg. And I'm Kent Burgess. Yeah, we're we're back, and Kent is back. It just feels like a family, except Josh is traveling, but he didn't want to miss out. We have such camaraderie on this show. It's like you know, we have to. I don't know where Josh is. I don't think anybody does. He's keeping it a secret.、Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. Except on Twitter, and、mm-hmm. nobody can keep a secret on Twitter. Yeah,、mm-hmm. but、no. he's got the retro headset. If he sounds a little funny, if you're listening to this and he sounds a little different, it's because he's on a really old headset, and I had to EQ out、uh, a couple of offensive、uh, frequencies because he's got quite a bit of hiss with his current、uh, Dell Latitude setup. So,、mm-hmm. apologies for that. You can. Yes, very high quality. And speaking of quality, you can increase the quality of Josh's headset and other things by going to Patreon.com/slash/PCPer. That's P C P E R. What is C in military、um, phonetic Charlie. language? Charlie.、Uh, yeah, Papa Charlie. Charlie. Papa Echo. What's R? Radio. Radio. Yeah. Romeo. 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 That's right. Papa Echo, Papa Charlie Romeo. I'm not going to do the Patreon part, though. You have to figure that one no, out. No, probably, probably not. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Carl S. You get the special shout out this week. Carl S. Carl S. is from Austria. You can tell by the way he writes his, his Patreon. He gave <laughs> us money. It was great. <laughs> so, thank you, Carl S. Oh, thank、lose. you, Carl. <laughs> Thanks, Carl. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope that was appropriate, but it was definitely Josh. Oh, speaking of Josh, let's go to the most important segment of the week. Yeah, I'm I'm in Minneapolis, and、uh, I went to a <gasps> place called、uh, Crave in the West End, and uh, they uh, they were highly suggested to me, and I had the、uh, the Wagyu burger. It was quite tasty. Probably the best thing about this was the、uh, the truffle fries, and that aioli sauce that's right above the fries.、Mm-hmm. It's a rosemary garlic aioli that was fantastic. The burger itself was was good.、Uh, had some mushrooms,、Ooh. melted Swiss,、um, butter lettuce, hydroponic butter lettuce, something like that. A mushroom reduction. And also a、uh, garlic aioli on the bottom, and、uh, it was served, you know, perfectly medium, and it had great mouthfeel. But if you really think about it, Wagyu steak has, you know, lots of fat in between all the muscle,、mm-hmm. so it gives you a very buttery thing. But if you think about it, hamburger kind of turns itself into Wagyu because you're distributing all that oh, fat. Oh, Josh, don't give away the secret. I know, I know, and so you know, it's it. 
I'll tell you though, two beers and this was fifty bucks. So <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was kind of grim, and I didn't enjoy that. I guess part, you didn't expense that I, one, eh? Well, I, I I I do get a per diem, and I only ate once today. So ah, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so I'll get it. I'll get it paid for. Nice, fair. On to news, and we begin with a story about everyone's favorite graphics card company, NVIDIA, and the 4060, which is obviously the most popular graphics card launch of all time. At least the 4060 Ti was, but the 4060 non-Ti was originally going to be released in July. I don't remember the exact date, but now it's officially being moved up to later this month. I think, uh, what does it say? June 29. NVIDIA was uh, tweeting out about this. Now available to order starting June 29 at 6 a.m. Pacific. It's uh, $299 for this incarnation of the 4060, which only has 8 gigs of GDDR6. Begging the question, $300 for an 8 gigabyte card in 2023? DOA. And it's 128-bit? Waste of silicon. Just wait. Just wait for the YouTube. Okay, let me ask you this. Okay. When the RX 6600 was released, uh, how, how, how expensive was it? Two ninety nine or or three nineteen something like that. But anyway, yeah, it was, it, it's three. not uh, it's not uh, unheard of that uh, you know a level card is is at that price range. Um, and obviously the forty six the forty sixty is is faster than the sixty six hundred, which is good. But you know they they're still they're still getting this. Oh, this was well. This particular version I reviewed. It looks like it was three twenty nine ninety nine at launch. Yeah, well, I think that's what it was selling for. I don't think that was what it was supposed to be. That was the thing. It was one of those launches where I don't think they could give me a price, and then I had to publish, and then I don't think I ever went back and updated it with a price. It was way yeah, the MSRP, but you'll be mad at us, and so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't find the the regular sixty six hundred launch price, but it looks like the. 6600 XT launched at 379 MSRP. Ooh. Hmm. Sorry than I thought. Oh, yeah, 329. Was, yeah. The 6600 okay, was uh, MSR was 329. There it, it was. Is. Oh, it okay. Is. Okay. I mean, that was this card, the 6600s, only 128 bit, only has 8 gigs of memory. So <laughs> there's been little progress on the GPU front in a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, not much at all. No, except prices have gone up. So that's, I mean, the upward trajectory I mean, of pricing something. and the flatlining oh. of performance. Oh. Availability price. has changed. Oh, availability is by them way yes. up. So that's something way, to be thankful way for. I, I mean, like AMD, AMD still consistently brags about how many 6,000 series cards they're selling. So availability is good. Oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't put it in the list, but there was a blog post from AMD about the importance of VRAM again. It's like, mm. you just released an 8-gigabyte card, <laughs> but you're talking about the 6700 or XT or whatever. Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. It's available. I, yeah. I guess I was wrong last week when they thought, you know, I don't think the 7800 is going to be a, a multi-chip thing. No, it it is. And there's a workstation card out already that people have been testing. Uh, and uh, when I walked around through Micro Center today, I noticed a distinct lack of 6700 XTs and 6800 XTs and 6900 and 6950s. There were hardly any really? in stock. 
Mm. I just can't believe that you said that word before Brett did tonight. I know. Which one? Oh, Micro Center. Ah, he got me. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the the funny thing about that is, and we mentioned last week that uh, Derbauer had posted the video where he was given a tour of Power Color. And the cards they were building at Power Color during this tour were 6,000 series cards. They were not building new gen cards. I think they were 6,700s, if I'm not mistaken. Did you see all those uh, bundles of vacuum-packed GPUs from AMD? Yes. They look like coffee bags almost, just filled with the the raw GPUs. With 6,000 series raw GPUs, yeah. Either they're just sitting on a huge stockpile or they're still able to order those from AMD. So I'm guessing AMD is still having those produced at uh, TSMC. I guess if somebody could take off a heat sink on one that's been bought recently and check out the date. Yeah. Helpful. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm. Uh, mm. At Sebastian Peak on Twitter, at Josh D. Walrath on Twitter. Just go ahead and send us your pics of uh, like take off, take off your, your cover and send us a picture uh, of your GPU. Of the GPU under the heat sink. Like you almost did a bad thing there. Th- this, take yeah. this off and send a picture of what's under there. <laughs> That's It could still be specific. bad if someone's really creative with what GPU stands for. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Our next news story concerns AMD, and it's an epic story because that's the name of their server processors. Epic so, 97... <laughs> X4, so that series of CPUs, 128 Zen 4C CPU cores, four servers shipping now. This is by Ryan Smith and Anantech. We talked about this last week. The Zen 4C core, it's very interesting mm-hmm. because I learned a little bit more about it. Yeah, can you share? Not only did they strip out the L3, but they rearranged a bunch of stuff. They took out uh, all of all of the through via connections for the 3D uh, VNAND. And uh, yeah, when it, just in between those two things, it, it it took it down immensely. If you think about how those uh, oh, yeah. through silicon vias work, they they kind of take up a lot of space, and, and that's just stuff that you obviously don't need in this. Uh, it's kind of interesting also to see that they cut it down to nine chips with uh, Bergamo uh, as compared to uh, what uh, thirteen for. Uh, yeah, 13 for uh, the Genoa. So uh, Genoa was, what, ni- 80 to 96 cores? Yeah, 96 I cores, I believe. And then, uh, yeah, this new one is, is fewer chips and uh, 428. So, yeah, you're going to take a hit from some applications without L3 cache, but stuff that doesn't care as much, that enjoys having more cores. Uh, it's a nice kind of problem for AMD to have to have multiple different units that that can address the different markets uh, pretty effectively. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's all based on Zen Four, so it's it's quick, it's pretty efficient. They're already bragging about you know the density, the view density of this particular model, so. It's uh, they did a nice job in executing it. I noticed this, and unlike Intel, there's not 128 SKUs. Ha ha! 
I noticed this comment here on this non-text story. They also revert to dual CCX per CCD design, two eight-core CCXs per chiplet. Is that true? Yeah, the old ones were 12. So this will have a lot more um, latency. It should, yeah, because they went from eight yes. to 16, but they you know, did the two CCXs on each chip. I see. Right, obviously, because there's a, a gap here. So they're having to communicate via the IF. They're making it happen, but it seems like there were some trade-offs to get this to work. But I mean, if, if you have a workload that's optimized for this, it's brilliant because you've got a massive core count within, I think they're targeting about 400 watts with this, so it's not pulling any more power, I believe. Yeah, let's see, under 400 watts, 360. Yeah. 128 cores, 256 threads. It's only $12,000. That's yeah. reasonable for what it is. They they do they do state that the thirty two additional cores more than offset any clock speed differences between the Genoa version. Yeah, it's also Pajama yeah. version. I, I recommend reading Ryan's uh, not Ryan Ryan, but Ryan Smith at Anontech. I recommend Ryan. reading his uh, article because he talks about that, like the trade offs, the clock speed thing. Here's the chip, by the way. Our featured square this week is the the sort of block diagram of this off of one of AMD's slides. Anyway, yeah, exciting yeah, that's, things that's, happening. It's pretty dense. Thank you. Yeah. Very dense. But that's not what's hot right now. Obviously, it's it's always going to matter. It's always important. And it's it's for the cloud. That's what the C stands for, according to AMD. 4C is for cloud, that new core. Hmm. But... And cloat. Yes. But Bragging that's not rights. what's hot right now. Hmm. obviously yeah. it's it's ai it's all anyone wants to talk about it's the new blockchain and it's everywhere it's in every email title that i get it's just pervasive people are on stages talking about ai amd ceo dr lisa sue was on stage introducing amd instinct mi 300x leadership generative ai accelerator 192 gigabytes of hbm3 5.2 terabytes per second of memory <laughs> bandwidth. And the Infinity Fabric bandwidth is 896 gigabytes per second. Eight HBM3 stacks. Four sets yeah. of GPU or CPU tiles. Yeah, chiplets are out. Tiles are in. Wait, wasn't tiles what yeah. Intel was calling chiplets? Oh, damn, you might be right about that. Yeah, That's something about super glue. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they have, like they have two versions. One with with CPUs installed, and then others that are just pure RDNA GPU. GPU that insane amount of memory bandwidth has to squeeze down to only a 900 gigabit per second uh, interface on Infinity Fabric. But you see, the, the the memory is communicating directly with the chiplets, and so you, you're getting all of that memory bandwidth of the local work that is requesting it. And it's just when you need to, you know, kind of communicate between the chips and maybe make a jump to another set of memory, that's when it will slow down. But it's still, you know, the aggregate for locality is good, but you're going to see slowdowns in certain areas if, if it does require a lot of communication and access of memory that is not local to their local controller. They figure that they can definitely compete with uh, NVIDIA because, I mean, NVIDIA is laughing and saying, what, you've got four blocks? 
that's never going to be able to meet what we put in like the H100, which is obviously what they're aiming at. But with that insane amount of memory bandwidth being localized, I have a feeling that, yeah, four of these uh, cDNA GPUs can do significantly more work than uh, twice as many of the NVIDIA equivalent. But we have yet to see, of course. Has anyone seen the Instinct unit, which is massive and has this huge heat sink on top of it? Uh, are you getting flashbacks to the G5 Mac Pro at all? Oh my gosh, you're no, right. But that PowerPC G5, I've worked on so many of those, and they're, they had these huge attached heat sinks just like this. And you put yeah. the whole module in there. It's, yeah. They just the, keep thinking back to Jensen pulling a big thing of those out of the oven. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I can remember some ancient Cisco kit that had something like that on it, but this is just their first attempt, right? Their, their next generation uh, is actually going to mix three GPU tiles and one CPU tile into a single. So you won't have to actually swap them around where, but the thing is that, you know, if you've got four of those that are pure CPU and four that are pure GPU, like what are you not going to be able to do? You can hug people's that faces. Was, that was an impressive layout with eight of those jammed onto the same. Oh yeah. I'm not even sure what to call that board. It's not, I don't even know what to call that intercom. It's not a one U I'll tell you that. No. Big. Oh. I would call it big. Yeah. And heavy. Yeah. Big. Uh, expensive. I think that's one. Yeah. One phrase. The world's first data center APU. Oh, that's what that's called. It's a data center APU. Yes. That they just populated with eight of those clustered bricks. So for a traditional GPU, MI300 will be a GPU only part, which makes sense because GPUs yeah. have GPUs in them. And then for the Instinct MI300X. Yeah, MI300A has the, 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 the CPUs included as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think the 300A is going to be coming out first. Um, but they're not entirely sure that the software stack and everything can, can take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And so they're doing the pure GPU that, um, you know, they're aimed at the data center that has this huge amount of throughput and a ton of cores. Um, yeah, they're, they're kind of hedging their bets there, which is good. Yeah, and this is their first CXL device, too, so that should be interesting. Hey, Jeremy, you were right. Uh, Intel did kind of put tiles out there as their version of uh, chiplets. Uh, so damn it's it. funny that, that AMD has kind of come around to the same nomenclature and calling this setup a set of tiles as well. Interesting. AMD, you don't have to be a follower. You don't, you don't subcontract Intel's chips anymore. It's a long time ago. <laughs> anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and kind of curious what kind of work AMD and Intel are doing together on the software side, because even though there are tools out there and and there are non CUDA applications that run this stuff, the the majority still is CUDA, like eighty plus percent. Just because again, they 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 seeded the universities fifteen years ago with GPUs and uh, you know examples of CUDA, and then they 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 signed on a bunch of professors who are in some of these universities to, to teach this stuff. And yeah, now all of those people are software engineers out in the real world. And uh, they're familiar with a tool called CUDA. So they're going to use it. 
But yeah, AMD and Intel. Intel and AMD's dismay. That sounds like what Apple did with education way back in the day. And every school seemed had the Apple II. It it did work to some degree. Yeah, but then look what happened long term. See, AMD's playing chess. So they're 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 thinking like long term. Nvidia, yeah, yeah, you've got the lead right now by you know massive a massive. Yeah, if, do you, so, you really think that Nvidia is standing still? <laughs> no, what is but this I mean, AMD chess move you speak of? What is what is this move? Chiplets. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, all right. That's all I got. All right. Yeah, OpenCL cool. says uh, versus medium. Sure, and then you just have to get people to actually adopt it and use it and. That's not the standard, like Josh is saying. Hardware agnostic VR? Or, yeah. Well, it's all about AI now. So it's all just right. whatever well, you can true. get to to just start doing AI stuff, whatever that is. Ray tracing is now passe. It's all about the AI. Is it? I mean, well, because now if you haven't noticed, Microsoft, NVIDIA is using, is invoking AI in their DLSS Marketing, ah, interesting. AI yep. assisted frame generation, that kind of thing. Like you're going to see the AI a lot more in, in marketing. It'll no longer be I, path traced. It'll be AI traced. Exactly. I can't wait until we start having video game boss battles against Chat GPT style p- backed bosses. I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah, because large language models absolutely are going to allow you to to. I mean, in a text based adventure, yes. I want witty uh, commentary see, based upon my interactions with the bosses. I want to come. I want that to come come through. Yeah, the next Souls okay, game will feature will feature boss fights where the boss learns as the fight goes on. That, I don't like that. That's, I don't like that's it really when the enemy gets I'm stronger. That's actually what I'm talking yeah. about. Although the witty commentary yeah. was a nice. <laughs> I, if no, you've ever, I, Bethesda needs to take ChatGBT and just throw the entire crew that writes their dialogue and just let chat P- gpt do it maybe they already it couldn't get it. worse could it maybe that's yeah. where it came from maybe that's what it already was well i mean they already integrated that into a skyrim mod and uh you type that's out a true. question to people and it comes up with stuff in the backstory uh except of course yeah, yeah it takes it got, five seconds to respond yeah. to you mm, and it got the first uh really simple puzzle dungeon where you had to match the uh three symbols got it got it so like completely and utterly wrong like literally like could i couldn't go forward with a chat gpt powered uh npc trying to solve the puzzle literally mm-hmm. the first dungeon the first puzzle is just like um nope supposed to be a serpent there is no serpent on this one you bloody so yeah it works to an extent i the only thing i'm grateful to ai for is Basically making it irrelevant to talk about the metaverse anymore. So mainstream tech, you know, coverage, you don't hear those, that word anymore, but it would have died anyway because it sucked. So anybody who'd actually seen it and like, oh, this looks like the Nintendo Miiverse, but it's, this is the future of everything. Hmm. So, you know, blockchain Hmm. died, uh, metaverse died. It'll be back in some new form, just like VR always dies and comes back. Doesn't yeah. ever really die. I'm sorry for the VR fans who are unsubscribing right now if they haven't already. But um, you know, it's well, it's all AR now, right? Because that's because we've been show, in VR for can... a bit. We're going to do AR and get thank people... you, thank you, Apple, for giving I'm, us the next thing. 
We didn't even talk yeah, about every that. Every time we get, I don't want to talk about yeah, that. We don't need to. <laughs> every time yet. we get into the discussion about AI, all I can think about is Lawrence Fishburne in a completely white room telling Keanu Reeves that we marveled at our own magnificence as we gave birth to AI. And <laughs> I just think about the Matrix and <laughs> Terminator. And yeah, it's only a matter of time. I just didn't want it to happen in my son's lifetime. I just want to to keep him from that. But I, don't I think know. that's uh, it's okay. He'll make a lousy air. battery. The, they won't it's use air. It you're that. breathing, Kent. It's not. It's not air. It's not air. Microsoft is offering official replacement parts for the Surface in a very, I don't even know how to say this, without losing even more listeners and subscribers, because obviously <laughs> this is just the Apple Envy on overdrive. Oh, Apple's offering official kits and I fix it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, here we go. We're doing it too. Well, to be fair, iFixit has been offering the tools for about two years now. Okay. None of the parts, but the actual tools. So if you were willing to go to a strange place that, oh no, this is totally surface compliant and will totally fit in and not look a little wonky, uh, then yeah, you could actually do that. But uh, it took Apple a while to even get, well, they do. I've seen someone who repaired a surface with stuff from uh, overseas and yeah, it, it worked, but uh, it, it looked just a little bit wonky, but it's good to see. Uh, I mean, I still despise Surface for the most part. Uh, they're frustrating. They're barely compatible with Microsoft products, and there's a variety of other reasons. But, you know, being able to, once the relatively comprehensive warranty is done, being able to replace the parts yourself without paying the exorbitant fees that Microsoft will, uh, I'm pretty sure they learned that from Lenovo and IBM. Because, uh, yeah, oh, no, we'll totally replace your screen, but it's going to be $5,000. Well, but I could buy the new one for four. Well, you could do both. So yeah, they're, they're going to be able to get some stuff. Some of the stuff is crazy. Uh, like yeah. there, there was uh, the Surface Pro, which to be fair, is or sorry, uh, Surface Studio 2 Plus, which to be fair is an insane screen to begin with. But 1750 bucks for a replacement screen is just yeah, enough just to make you. get a new device at that yeah, point. get a new one. Seriously. I, I'm looking at these prices. Uh, a little front camera, $125. Yep. Rear camera, $125. So uh, depending on which model you have, just it's it makes more sense to buy a, a scrap one on eBay and just harvest the parts. Certain things, it's do they have like... Good certain... look weird. Because the Surface was specifically designed so that nothing would properly fit in it except for their stuff. Yeah. I mean, like actual, get their stuff. Like buy a broken one. Make yourself a Franken Surface. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Surface Nine with a Surface Seven camera and a Surface Eight, and the one that made me laugh the most—they'll sell you uh, an official Surface SSD. Yeah. Because all the parts that are in there, there's one that is pretty ubiquitous, and it's not going to matter where you go with. So it's the standard M.2 interface, not like Apple yeah, with is. their own proprietary effing one. They have yeah. to buy an Apple one. I, some of those are even serialized. It's disgusting. Well, it's for your yep. security, Brett. Mm. <laughs> hey, have, have we, we did forget one thing about AMD. Yes. Uh, they released their 3D Vcache Genoa as well. So yep. in a single platform, you have, what, one 
1.13 gigabytes of L3 cache on a package. That's like bigger than my first hard. No, it's bigger than like my Pentium 133 hard drive. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just kind of ludicrous. And uh, that's going to be just so smoking fast in a variety of uh, applications that really require that L3 cache. And you still got a ton of cores to throw at it. So, yes, it will crisis probably in software mode pretty well yeah multiple times good lord that's a lot of l3 mm-hmm. 96 megabytes of l3 for every six meg chunks course. so eventually the the md 3d vk is going to have more ram on it than their graphics their low-end graphics cards each core will eventually have more graphics, <laughs> yeah. have more memory than a forty-six Yeah, memory. We're away. It's never been cheaper, and it's never been so elusive. Memory and SRAM are getting harder to shrink. So yeah. I don't know if we're going to see these these massive improvements. Yeah, I mean, if if only we could just make the cards bigger, we could fit more RAM on them. But yeah, you know. I guess I mean this is a big card. What is this? This is the forty ninety, and it has a lot of RAM in it. It's as oh. it's as big as your head, by the way. Almost it's bigger in scale. So the, this no, is a forty ninety founders edition, and it has twenty four gigabytes of GDDR six X. And they could put twelve more chips on the back of it easily. Forty eight. got oh. <laughs> seventy six hundred. Has eight gigs. Uh, obviously, look at the difference. The difference, it's clear. The difference oh. is obvious. Just make GPUs bigger. And then you can put more RAM on them. That was NVIDIA's problem. They they went too small with the industrial design of the 4060 Ti. <laughs> and, and if you have to have a micro ITX case, just cut a hole in the back and shove it through. Yeah, just go open. Put it on top of a motherboard just- box, like a real enthusiast yeah did you see that gigabyte actually you know going on to another segue they they designed a card where they rotated the uh the 12 pbr uh 12 volt high power uh in a way that will not bend the cable oh no i didn't see that no seen that one but um yeah there's some pictures of it and it actually made so much sense. It's like, how did Gigabyte think of this? Hold on, here we go. So here's a story at videocards.com. Look at that connector on the back. Yeah. That. Hmm. It's, <clears throat> yeah, the EVGA 49 prototypes. Oh, the EVGA yeah, the had EV- it on the back too. That's right. They, they were on the back and not on the side. The prototypes. <sighs> yeah, I don't think that 49. made it to production though, did it? No, it did not. Do you think? Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> do you think the EVGA forty series ever made it into large scale production? Hmm. Uh, no. I think uh, GN and J's two cents Why, are about the only ones we have. J, GN and J's two cents each got a working model from it, and uh, apparently there were just a handful of those. And... Yeah. <laughs> My that only concern about. Sense, my only concern about this design is if it's on the back, 
how can you constantly monitor how far your um, 12 volt high power cable is plugged in? I, oh, I, well, can I trust it push. when it's out of view? Like, do I just like set it and forget it, or do I constantly push on it and make sure it's in all the way? <laughs> push it until it clicks. Oh, wait, it doesn't do that. Well, sometimes it does or doesn't, and then you think it does, or maybe it's just the 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 thing rubbing against the the metal next to it. Like, oh, it clicked, but it didn't click, and then it burns up, and you can't even see. I, I'd have to put. Oh, a you'll notice. I'll put a you'll baby notice. monitor in there, pointed at the connector, so I can just constantly <laughs> monitor on my phone. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yep. I mean, forty nineties cost almost as much as a human life, so it makes sense yeah. to use a baby monitor. Speaking of you which, uh, Ken, have, have you, you sent me that part too? Huh? What's that? I said, Ken, have, have you sent me one of those spare 4090s that you got <laughs> no, hanging no, behind? I, oh, no, I he claims. The spare 4090. Okay. He claimed in Discord earlier that soon he hopes to actually incorporate that into a system and not just use it as wall art. Mm-hmm. That's behind him. If you're watching the video, it's behind him and on yeah. your well right. He's the one you can't see because he's hiding his Aren't shame. Aren't there two of them there? No, the other's a 4080, and oh, it's empty. Yeah. There's no oh, PCB okay. in it. Yeah. That's because already... it's in a water block. Okay. It's a shell of its former self. And you'll keep that Founders Edition shell up on the shelf just to show off, right? Absolutely. You should uh, attach yeah. it yeah. loosely somehow to a different PCB so it still looks like it's a real 4090 that you don't need. <laughs> the cooler is so big, no one can tell. That's true. And then just put <laughs> stacks of money around it. Just pi- prop it up with, oh. like... You know, hundred dollar bills. I would use cold, That's gold, redundant, coins. though. Yeah. Gold coins around it. Oh, that, bands that, would look, that would look nice. Cash. Mm-hmm. You know, pre nineteen eighty two bearer bonds all cash. stacked around it. And- mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next news story. PCI Express. Uh, there's a standards body or whatever it's called. Not, PCI six. Not four. Not five. Not six. Well, I mean, we've all been frustrated, sarcasm warning, we've all been frustrated by the lack of PCI Express 6 connectivity because we've already saturated 5. Everyone's adopted it. It's gotten really cheap to get PCI Express 5 <laughs> um, storage, <clears throat> peripherals, other other cards. <clears throat> all the graphics cards are obviously on 5. Some of them, have, I think, are coming out on 6. So so PCI 6 is like, well, we got to do something because, you know, this these fast GPUs with terabytes of memory and all this bandwidth, they need a fatter pipe. So why don't we double the bandwidth per pin again, delivering 128 gigatransfers per second of data rate and up to 512 gigabytes per second bi-directionally via by 16 configuration, according to this press release. We're going to call it PCI Express 7.0. The industry's ready. Version 0.3, now available to PCI SIG members. Pay a huge fee and you can become a member and you can get access to these slides that are being shared anyway through, I think, Tech Power Up got them, and then other people are citing Tech Power Up now. Mm. So, oh, this is Tech Power Up. So, you can look at the specification and status of PCI Express 7.0, estimated for 2025 for version 1.0. I think, completion. Yeah, I think by 2025, you'll probably see about 60 to 70% of motherboards with PCI Express 5 by then. 
Maybe. But for those PCI Gen 7 uh, SSDs that we'll be seeing, we'll have coolers that are roughly the size of a 4090. Yeah, don't throw away your big old tower cooler that's not compatible with, you know, the modern sockets or whatever. Uh, Keep it for future SSDs. Exactly. You're going to need a, a D14. Keep it. <laughs> and it's fans. You're going to need both of those fans, too. That's a join in on the, on the jokes and fun. But they did change the signaling for six. Uh, so that it is lower power because like previously three to four and four to five, they've just essentially jumped the power up so they can get the signaling in there better and readable. And uh, yeah, they, they, they know that there is a limit to what they could do there. And so they've actually changed some of the low level stuff to be able to do more, more bits per clock. And it's not okay. That's me saying that kind of wrong. But anyway, it it does larger chunks as fast, so you still have the high speed, low latency, but more data coming through. And uh, yeah, they're expecting it to be about as uh, hot as uh, 5.0, and not like double. That's good. Because that would be obscene. We're going to move on to some mandatory Intel ARC coverage. And we don't just have some kind of weird obsession with ARC and Ryan Shroud or anything. It's not creepy. It's <laughs> it's topical because they keep releasing graphics drivers constantly. Every time you blink, there's another but beta driver in the channel hit, somewhere. Haven't they hit the point now where they're releasing drivers for games that don't actually exist yet? I think so. I've never heard some of these. What is this? Uh, layers of Counter fear? Doesn't yeah. exist. But they have a driver for it, and it'll improve performance. Counter Strike Two, uh, Aliens Dark Descent F one twenty three that yet. just came out. Not a, I think that's just oh, out. coming out June sixteenth. Okay, no, that's still not out yet. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they've got it. They've got the drivers. Forever Skies, Layers of Fear. Uh, I played the demo of that. Looks like uh, Subnautica, except you're above. A destroyed world, and you build a blimp. And you can tell Ryan's doing the graphics marketing because look at this frame time graph. <laughs> a la PC Per <laughs> showing. Now, this is funny because if you look at this graph, you're like, oh, look, this was higher. Well, higher F, uh, higher milliseconds actually means lower performance, yeah. but it's more consistent. And that's what Ryan slash, you know, whoever actually did this, Ryan, is uh, Ryan's new intern. Ryan's, oh, let's see. The author of this post is Zachary Hill. So, is that Ryan's, Ryan's alter intern ego? Looks strange. Is Ryan with a hard part, long... Half-shaved hair head. Yeah. yeah. Is that you mean you guys Hill? haven't seen Ken lately? Is that what Ken looks like? He's, no. I'm, oh. I'm, I don't want to insult <laughs> no, Zach. I... Zachary. He, he, might not like, he might not like being called Zach. Zachary. Zachary Hill. At Intel. I find it kind of interesting that uh, Intel marketing is really pushing the... Uh, you're by the way. But Intel marketing is really Sorry. pushing the, the 750. The A750. Um, rather than talking about the A770. So, they must have a lot of cards out there. And uh, and that their partners have plenty of A750s. So... But for two hundred and forty nine dollars, I think it is. 
and a little cheaper. Yeah, I, I thought it's, it's been selling less. Yeah, and Sometimes. I think it's yeah, it's and it's being pushed down to one ninety nine. It's it's a great deal for that price. Indeed. Yeah, it's two thirty nine uh, at Newegg right now, but yeah, it's, I've seen it for less. Like Josh is saying, it's like two hundred bucks. Definitely right pushing entire, you know, just um, sort of easy bake oven builds with their balanced build series and saying, you know, seven fifty. Here's the power supply. Here's the motherboard you put it in. Here's the RAM that goes together. For people who can't make sense of all the different choices they could make, it's not a bad strategy. So people who essentially hate the X seven fifty uh, six seventy E, right? <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> Look, this just works. Just get it. For those people, put this together and that's just going to work. Let's keep talking about desktop graphics cards, which are obviously a growing market. Everybody is getting excited about desktop graphics cards these days because they're more expensive than ever. <laughs> they mostly don't have enough VRAM. And oh, wait a minute. Desktop GPU sales lowest in decades, according to JPR, John Petty Research. Look at these shipments of GPUs over time. Those are those are down graphs. Yeah, down, this this down, part at the end is what you should focus on. Yeah, but look, one one group is growing. Uh, that's the blue. That's yeah, the blue. Intel. Intel is on the rise. Intel is. They're selling more than Matrox. <laughs> they are Matrox. <laughs> that little Intel blue line inside. with ba, with all the ba, zeros ba, ba, ba. to the left have twitched off of the bottom a little bit. Let's zoom in on this chart. So obviously they're not counting iGPUs. But yeah, so like you, you can see the mining spike. Oh, yeah. But you can also see that uh, back in like 2017 or so. like That the was the other mining spike. And the performance. Yeah, that was our mining spikes right the freaking there. That's the history of graphics I'll be honest. Cards. The line that surprises me the most is the uh, the AMD line. Since the new gen cards have come out, the old cards are such good values now what you can get 6950 uh xts for $700 oh. less i just uh, yeah less, it just amazes me less. that yeah. they're not yeah. the the red line's not growing in the market m- more just because of the value of the 6000 series cards yeah. well it's not falling as quick so not falling can you call quick. that a win <laughs> Yeah, our so. business model is dying much more slowly than our competitor, so we're catching up. Yeah, and I feel bad because the Intel product they have committed to it far beyond what pessimistic people like me thought they would. They've put a lot of time and money into it. They've gotten to the point where they have this driver release cadence that makes them look like the next Nvidia, and they have this tiny percentage of the market. If you can believe reports like this, it just seems like low single digit percentage. NVIDIA is at like, you know, 80%. The rest goes to AMD. But then if you actually look at it objectively, AMD and Intel have the most compelling price performance offering, mainly because of VRAM. Intel was brilliant to go 16 with the a770 mm. matching those uh amd cards the 6800 and up for way less money and they just keep improving the drivers mm-hmm. yeah. 
and it's not doing them any good when it comes to market share because Nvidia yeah. has this a little bit marketing yeah. stranglehold. If you look at pre-built systems, there is Oof. there is major mm. brand power to say powered by GeForce graphics. What a brilliant yeah. move it was naming this GeForce and the price premiums that most of the pre-builds charge to throw in an AMD card. I mean, it just makes it even more Nvidia centric. If you look at the stuff behind me on the shelf, I'm obviously showing off. Shilling, I thought it was. I thought it was shilling, yeah. Yeah. That Radeon used to mean best in the world, graphics performance. There was a period of time where you couldn't get better performance for PC gaming than with the Radeon 9700 Pro. Radeon 9800 Pro was a little bit faster, and then you had the... uh, 9800 XT... And then here we have the X800 XT Platinum Ooh, Edition. Platinum edition. It's the, the world's fastest and most powerful visual processor. Oh, 256, man. Oh. Back I remember one of those. I could only get the X, uh, X600? No. So there's a actually Gamers Nexus had an interesting video a few days ago where Steve was meeting with Gordon um, from PC World. Um, and it was still it was like a post Computex. They were sitting in a restaurant in Taiwan and they were talking about these advances that Intel's made on the ARC drivers. And Steve was saying, you know, when these came out, I really thought this is irrelevant. And he said, and they just keep getting better and better. And now all of a sudden they're kind of relevant. Um, and then Gordon launched into a Lewis black esque rant, uh, pointing at the audience and pointing at the viewers saying, you know, you're all going to sit there. You're going to complain. I hate NVIDIA. NVIDIA is terrible for the market, blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to go out and you're going to buy an NVIDIA card. <laughs> uh, that's uh, a it, it general that's a oversimplification i think i think the loudest voices in the room are probably team red but by and large well yeah they're paid to the public or, i mean uh is going to, to buy they do that's the world of an influencer you know they're trying to make money trying to make a living um uh what was i gonna say it the peop the public at large is going to probably buy an nvidia card and it's it's like the apple versus android people i mean and i feel like the people who have the money buy nvidia and they say what what's your problem are you poor you can't afford <laughs> the best and then the amd people I'm are just like you turn idiot, my camera paying off for now. dlss is garbage <laughs> what do you mean ray tracing i don't even use ray tracing i can't tell the difference and i'll never use it and comments like that. I was actually reading comments like this today, just scrolling through and like, I've never noticed a difference with ray tracing enabled and I never will. And okay. I mean, <laughs> you haven't seen one, show me one example. Like, have you seen the fully path trace stuff? It was amazing. <laughs> that just means there was a poor lighting implementation in the game engine to begin with. Like, okay. All right. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, it actually reminds me of, Saying nobody ever got fired by buying IBM. Ooh, that's that's, that's an old one. That's AMD, an old one. 
it's hard to shake a reputation. AMD had a reputation for having inferior drivers for a long time. And that's basically gone now. Both of them occasionally have bugs. There'll be issues. They'll get squashed with the next revision, and it's usually pretty fast. And it's just, it's all about the same. I mean, at least AMD has a, a, a interface that looks fairly modern. NVIDIA's hasn't, I, I looks like I'm on a Windows 98 computer again. Yeah. yeah it's like, what is, what is this? Detonator just are, works. Yeah, yeah. Detonator. Little text Kaboom. and little drop downs in the text. Like, this time changing tiny settings. little checkboxes yeah. <laughs> really under undersells its importance. And then yeah. Intel's is beautiful and AMD's is just like web 2.0 looking like And then together. there's Nvidia. Yeah. Oh yeah. That driver System is dialog just boxes. <laughs> it's like changing the 3DFX um was that uh Yeah, oh no, they had bigger boxes. What was it called? The 3DFX tools, something like that. There was like this toolbox you installed. Oh, it had a name, but it was 3DFX tools, yeah. Maybe yeah. like Voodoo tools or Voodoo. Yeah. Yeah, it had had some sort of a silly name. All right, well, that's but Josh, you're forgetting that was IBM's second slogan. The first one was "No one ever gets their legs broken for buying IBM." Right. Mm. What was their marketing? Well, they wouldn't hire a salesperson under about six foot three back in the day. Their sales strategy was called Crush, wasn't it? Yes, <laughs> it was. That's the code name. We'll send some very large, intimidating men into your place and. Yeah. Uh, they won't leave until you've bought at least a hundred grand of IBM. It works. Finally, in the news, uh, the Clippy designer was too embarrassed to include Clippy in his portfolio. That's too bad. Oh. It's it's iconic. People love to hate it, but really, deep down inside, they miss it. Right? It ended I, up honestly, in cartoons. I mean, it ended up in like yeah. Family Guy and and Simpsons and stuff like that. But I can't believe that he wasn't filling out his LinkedIn profile. And a little helper didn't pop up and say, "Hi, <laughs> I noticed you forgot that you mentioned to you or to forgot to mention that you invented Clippy. Would you like me to add that?" The Clippy creator Kevin Atterbury. There's a YouTube video you can watch. Uh, YouTube channel Great Big Story admitted he felt so embarrassed when the reviews started coming in. Graphic designer, illustrator, makes kids books. Oh no, he was employed by Microsoft he, to create no. a bunch of characters for Microsoft Bob. Now, if you're going to be oh, embarrassed about something, yeah. what you admit to that's Bob, what you should be embarrassed about. Now that's on my CV, Bob. That that was, I mean, that was the metaverse before the metaverse. It was like a physical manifestation of like my library and. Uh, my, actually, don't they look sort of the same? Bad. Yeah, similar graphics. Yeah, I'm. That's yeah. By the way, Clippy's <laughs> lifespan was approximately ten years in in official uh, Microsoft software. How long was Microsoft Bob in lifespan? Ooh, that I Too don't long. know. Oh, a year or two. It did not last long. Well, 10 years to a paperclip is how many in human years? Well, you know, I don't, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Of course, uh, if, if there is a big box version of Bob out-there, you know that Clint LGR has it, and there it is in this oh, video. Oh, God. You can you can see it. Burn it in effigy. You can see it. You can experience it virtually. Microsoft Bob, there's the setup. And friends of Did Bob. you know that he's local and to me? Dog. 
Who, who and is? you haven't You're gone out both in North Clint Carolina from right? LGR. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sure he yeah, would love it I, if you wouldn't pestered him. <laughs> I, I actually, um, I discovered it watching one of his videos earlier this year when there was a water outage in our in our town. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw one of his videos, and He's I was doing like, a, Holy a, shit. an aquarium PC build of all things during yes. the water uh, outage. Uh, anyway, and he was having trouble finding a power supply that fit in there. And I actually, I emailed him and said, man, if you encounter something like that, contact me because I may have something that'll work. And like two days after that, Elizabeth and I were in a, a local grocery store and bumped right into him face to face. And I haven't heard from him since because he probably thought I was stalking him. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Clint. Did you get to know about the power supply? You want to talk to me about wattage? Oh my gosh, the evil Clippy look! Oh, it's scary. Who wouldn't buy a yeah, GPU with this on it? Armor. Those are. Oh, yeah. I just realized Clippy. those are hell. Hell nine thousand eyes. Oh, I didn't realize it at first. I think this might I'm be sorry, Dave, a Photoshop. I, can't I don't send think that Clippy email. actually looks <laughs> like that. Clippy with Hal 9000 eyes. For audio listeners, just imagine it and be horrified. Oh, God, that's so much worse. What is oh, this? Oh, please. Oh, I, no. It's scary. Look, it, it, things uh, are getting worse. It's time for Security Corner. And let's begin with yet another on by default voyeuristic Microsoft Edge feature to disable. What, how is this bad? Enhancement. It's enhancing <laughs> images with Microsoft Edge by default. Yes. And so. you'd assume that, you know, it was taking use of your graphics card to be able to enhance what you're looking at. No, it's leveraging the cloud. Well, oh, yes, URLs it's definitely be... sending all of the pictures you see on the web back to Microsoft to be enhanced and then sent back to you without them mentioning this at all whatsoever. Why do they need to? They Don't we have the no, hardware we'll to enhance images on our own local machines? Well, as long as you get eight, more than eight gigs of VRAM. it's just look let's just admit it let's just stop pretending if you actually analyze web traffic if you're on a windows 10 or 11 box and you're connected to the internet you can be as locked down as you think you are and but uh so packets are going to microsoft as you use your computer so it's like everything you type everything you do can and will be used against you uh for money purpose alimony uh, yeah, uh, but there were there's two major problems with it. Yes, we accept this, but they do not say this, and they do not give you a way to disable it. So on, uh, someone noticed this and was like, hey, there's a lot of traffic going back when I'm browsing, and it's going to these weird places, which are definitely Microsoft. And so now on the Canary versions of Edge, when Super Resolution pops up, it does say that, hey, we're going to be sending it back to do the uh, enhancement and then providing it to you. And under uh, privacy and security isn't toggle to turn it off. Don't go looking for it now, unless you're on the Canary version of edge, because it's not there yet. Oh, the toggle isn't there yet. Oh no, the toggle is not even there yet. Nor the pop-up saying, Hey, we're, we're sending this to Redmond for some little bit of polishing and uh, judgment and then sending it back to you. (laughs) But the, the, the worst part is that this isn't the first time <laughs> that they got caught doing this. Uh, th- there was another feature 
that uh, it was to help you follow us, right? So if we were going to go live, your edge would pop up and say, hey, you know, PC Per has just gone live. Maybe you want to go over there, click here, and boom, you can be watching it on YouTube. And by part of how they did that was not just because you were following them, but because you visited the page. So you, you didn't hit like and subscribe, but you have watched us a few times. So the idea was that Edge would notice that you do this and make make suggestions. As Microsoft describes it, it was an unintentional bug that made it through. Uh, but essentially what it did was track every single URL you visited on Edge, period. Recorded it. And then, you know, in theory to give you suggestions. But the problem was that everything you visited on edge was being tracked and they're, they're still going to fix that really, really soon. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Can we, we just, just accept that if you're using a browser provided by a company that they're just using all of your data whenever you're on that browser. So Microsoft, they're looking at everything you do. They're sending it back home. They're analyzing it. They're using it for advertising. They're using it for whatever. And uh, Google's probably doing the same thing. Your oh, yeah. well, because this is Credge. It's tracking your DNS also, by the way, unless yep. you're using... Uh, well, no, I use Google. I let DNS Google to track my DNS. Thank you very much. Google tracks your DNS, but free DNS... Uh, is it free DNS? No, it's every DNS. Open so DNS. Called, uh, open DNS, yeah. It became oh, yeah. Every DNS became open DNS. They yes. don't, don't track your DNS. Hmm. Well, I hated what happened to Tech Syndicate years ago. I like... Wendell's new stuff with level one. But I remember something that Logan said there several years ago. He was talking to the audience and he said, if you get something for free, you are the product. Correct. Uh, And our next frightening story, hackers can steal cryptographic keys by video recording power LEDs from 60 feet away. How? The power LEDs fluctuate while you're typing or something? No, actually, yes. this is this was this was your story, Jeremy. I mean, I I skimmed it, but yeah, no, I mean, we we sort of seen this thing before, but it's usually blinky lights on routers and switches that sort of do that. But the, the nasty thing is that it sort of turns out that uh, there are some side channels on even your power LEDs, which uh, will blink in a specific way, and the, 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 they didn't fully explain how they did it, which is bloody good. But what they did was use an internet-connected surveillance camera. So picture they hack into a place. They don't do anything but grab a hold of security cameras. They were able to take a high-speed video of a power LED on a smart card reader and theoretically of just about any other peripheral device which has the power blinking. And it pulled a 256-bit ECD SA key off of a government-approved smart card. 256-bit. It is just enough to drive a man to drink, or a woman, or anyone to drink, because this is insane. Like, Hertzbleed was an older one. It took a lot more time. This one is just insane. You can air gap all you want. If there is a security camera within view of that device, and if you're so worried about security that you're air gapping something, yeah, there probably is a video camera in view. If someone can get a hold of that, 
and you've got anything on it with a blinky power light, which, you know, does lead to the question as to why these power lights have to blink. But yeah, at this point, do like Zuckerberg did. Put a piece of tape over top of it. In well, his case, it was a video camera. The, the, the specifics actually yeah, wasn't that electrical the, the tape light will solve this. The light actually doesn't blink per se. It is the intensity of power use inside of the device that uh, caused the Sorry, light yeah. to, to, to dim slightly or it to intensify based upon the, um, the, the CPU usage inside the device that that was rolling through the, the cryptographic function and that caused the power LED to fluctuate and they used a camera with what's called a rolling shutter and that could analyze the steady state versus when they figured out it was actually doing these computations and they could extract based upon the fluctuation from the steady state to actually working through the computation to to um, attack or not attack to compute the cryptographic functions they could uh, attack the 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 notation of what it was doing and correlate that with what digits per se that it was working through or how, or what function it was working through and they could reverse engineer that very very interesting and they're not even bloody close no i'm so happy we have steve gibson on our podcast panel every week <laughs> steve gibson everyone when's the oh, next version of spin coming out by the way okay you know i don't like to talk about it oh, okay yeah. i just had enough time to sort of notice that this was a thing and then move on to the next insane insanity at work i didn't really get a full chance to read through it but yeah this is just ridiculous yeah it's cover like your I said, power just leds just cover up your power leds i can't imagine yeah. what a blinking packet uh, indicator light on a a router actually uh has a tell oh god there i'm sure that that's there as well a lot i'm sure a lot WordPress Stripe payment plugin bug mm -hmm. leaks customer order detail. This is shocking. This is this is more of a public service announcement. WordPress, you may have heard of it. It rolls a couple. It it runs a couple of uh, you know tens of millions of websites out there. You might have heard of it. Yeah, um, yeah, yep. tens of including our we own. definitely don't PC per totally com. I think is a WordPress site. It is. Yeah. It is. But we don't um, take straight and, payments. Uh, no, no, we don't. Um, probably a good thing. Uh, WooCommerce, uh, also a couple of tens of millions of websites who want to run a, an e-commerce engine uh, in their uh, WordPress environment. Um, Stripe, extremely popular way of taking payments uh, through said engine. Oopsie, uh, there is a non-authorized uh, uh, hack into the Stripe payment processor for WooCommerce inside WordPress that allows an unauthorized user to kind of extract all and any previous transactions that are in the system uh, just for the taking uh, because of an unauthorized and unprotected uh, API call that's web accessible. Uh, sorry, uh, but you're going to need to address that. There's only about uh, a million websites that are still susceptible to this problem. So if you know someone uh, that uh, it's almost like uh, with 900,000 of them out there, do you know someone who owns a car? You know, it's kind of like one of those things. Do you know someone who runs a website with WooCommerce? They're probably taking Stripe payments. So have them get this upgraded yeah. because they may be leaking past transactions right now. Yep. And it's another kick in the butt for Stripe, too, who always has claimed that we don't keep records. We pass them on Ooh. to the credit card company who is supposed to keep the records. 
True, true. We keep them for true. a very limited amount of time, and then we just see, delete them. And every time something like this happens, it gets caught that, well, no, Stripe, don't delete shit. But it is attacking the the client website, not Stripe per se. Yeah, it's attacking yeah, fair, the records fair. available it's attacking the, WordPress. On, on the client but, website. So, but Stripe is still holding on to stuff they say they don't, or at least pretend to say they don't. Let's let's just say that the information package that's coming out is not stuff that you want publicly available. So you should yeah. go lock this down. Let's move on to gaming quick hits and uh, oh, the fandom service, Cyberpunk, the <laughs> Phantom Menace. 2077. I think you guys are mispronouncing Liberty, but anyway. All right. Okay. <laughs> hey, you're the one that came up with Phantom Menace. I was just going off of that. True. So, unless this is a prequel, then I guess that doesn't make any sense. But coming later, I mean, September yeah. 26. Got a, a while to wait because, you know, it's CD Projekt Red and they really want to make sure it's ready this time. Yeah, this time. <laughs> So they're showing off yeah. the DLC because, you know, we had not E3 recently. So a lot yes. of things were shown in their early stages or faked or whatever. Definitely faked. But it, it'll be like the, the Witcher expansions where once you've gone through the main uh, plot long enough, you will be granted a, the opportunity to take on this new mission. They have a whole bunch of different endings to it. And just to make it truly annoying... If you get a certain ending on Phantom Liberty, you can get a different ending on the main game. And they're not saying anything about what that might mean or anything. They're just saying that, yeah, if you do everything right on that one, then you do everything right in the main campaign. Maybe you can get a different ending. I'm just curious to see how much this is going to break because it's I they've got Cyberpunk a lot better than when it was launched. Well, they've got a lot better than six months after launch, but it still seems that uh, the, the city is just, you know, Night City is, is very precarious, and you had one little thing, and next thing you know, here come the cars appearing out of nowhere. Let's I ask Kent what played, he thinks. There I, you go. I, played, I played through uh, the campaign again, uh, I think it was around October or November, and with all the latest patches um, and the game played perfectly. I didn't encounter any bugs or any odd crashing. Um, it played perfectly at that point. I, But I never encountered the large number of bugs that some people did at launch. Now, I did not get a copy of the game until about three weeks after launch. But I did encounter a few bugs. I got some of the models, you know, T posing, but um, that was about it. Uh, so I didn't have the problems that most people had at launch. Um, like I said, recently I played through the campaign and I had no problems with anything. Yeah. So, well, you're going to have to play it again because it's not just DLC as they always do with a CD Projekt Red. So there's going to be new cyberware. There's going to be a whole new skill tree added in yeah. uh, a bunch of quests in the main campaign, yada, 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 yada. So yeah, there's, there's plenty of ways for it to break. But I, I, the one thing I'm kind of interested in is this, all they said was a brand new relic skill tree. And honestly, I don't have the time to watch some of the videos that they put out at Naughty 3. Like if you wanted to learn about Starfield, it was about 45 minutes of which 30 of it was nothing. And the 15 minutes they showed was garbage, or I mean, uh, gameplay. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, I suspected that there it's was going definitely to be a, not Snowman's Sky. No, totally yeah. not. You, you mispronounced the word compelling again. Sorry. Yes. Probably <laughs> Transformation. I, I sus- yeah, I suspected that there would eventually be a skill tree based on relic because in the the skill map, um, yep. there was a spot for relic that when you moved to it, you just got static. So it was like they, there was something that was going to unlock eventually. And, you yep. know, now uh, three years after it's going to unlock. But. Cyberpunk has been out for three years. Has it really been out? Wow. It was two. Well, it was the end of 2020. Yeah, sounds right. Mm. So, yeah, close to three years old. Soon, uh, it'll be irrelevant as a benchmark. Oh, I don't know. They'll they'll come up with something. Yeah. Finally, of course, the FTC has filed to block Microsoft's Activision Blizzard acquisition. It's an injunction, I think. It's yeah. yeah, preliminary injunction to actually block uh, the acquisition. They uh, are stating competitive reasons and that that may um, create a monopoly in the space. And uh, I think the article update has a um, uh, a write-up on the recent release of Diablo 4, which Josh was his pick last week of how cool yeah. that was, and Overwatch 2 oh. as very successful new titles uh, from Blizzard. And um, they have a reasonable suspicion that this is going to reduce competition and the merger is is scary and that, you know, this, this would not serve the community. And there's still only one HR person for mm. the entire company. I'm not sure the right or wrong. I mean, I guess on the outside of the box, I guess the reading is right. They're probably it's probably true, and the company can stand on its own. Let's move to our featured review of the week. But hey, first, Kent, didn't you have a uh, addendum or correction or something for last week's? I, I had a couple of corrections. No. Uh, nothing from the article on the the fractal Terra. Uh, but on the show last week, I made a couple of comments, and it was pointed out to me that they were incorrect. Uh, the first is that the wood trim at the bottom of the front is actually a piece of walnut and not a veneer. Um, the second is more substantial. I believed that the front panel was actually plastic because of the intricacy of like the cable management and the uh, the 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 uh, risers for uh, screws to fit in the back of it to hold SSDs and such. Um, it is actually a machined eight millimeter thick piece of aluminum. What? And uh, I actually think you can probably find a couple of photos of the inside if you look at the one where I'm inserting the fan there. Oh, okay. That yeah. is okay. That's actually all machine work. Um, really. Yes, at that price and point. What do you? That's that's that actually what is what blew me away when I first when I was first informed of this. I honestly didn't believe it, and I took some advice, and I actually took a knife point and scratched the inside the paint off of the inside of that, and it is aluminum. Um, huh. I honestly cannot see how Fractal is selling that case for a hundred and eighty dollars. 
with that level of machining because it is machined perfectly. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah, shocking. CNC machines oh. are uh, pretty good. Yeah, um, but it's it's fantastic. You can't see any machine work in it, mainly because of the paint. Yeah. Um, but it's just so smooth and and perfect looking. It's like that has to be that has to just be plastic at this point at this price point. But I was I was wrong. Yeah, mm. and uh, did, so did, I wanted to fractal call that. and yell at you. Is that what happened? No, it oh, was okay. YouTube comments. Oh, okay. And you know how they like to tell you you're wrong. Well, yeah, but hey, I, yeah. I feel gratified when when I am wrong because it's like, hey, their YouTube comments are right. I have faith mm-hmm. in YouTube comments again. But um, yeah, so I wanted to address that uh, and uh, make corrections to those statements I made. Excellent. See, that's because you're you're a stand up guy. You're, you're willing to admit you were wrong. You you're were a wrong. big man. Big man. All right. Are you ready to make some more erroneous statements about a case? Oh, Excellent. I hope not. Because <laughs> this time it's what you describe, and these are your words, an air cooler's wet dream. Ooh. I wasn't actually sure you were going to keep that subtitle. <laughs> I've, I've just, I mean, if you're reading PCPro.com in current year, if you're reading long form reviews, you're going to get yeah. the meat and potatoes. I'm not going to edit or censor anything. Well, almost anything. Really? Start, start hiding. <laughs> Obscenities <laughs> just in the middle of paragraphs. Triple entendres in yeah. my uh, oh, master of you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I remember Anand so, on his show talking about how he used to just like sneak rap lyrics into his reviews. He's like, nobody said anything. Like, just got bored. So this is a case that uh, Thermal Take introduced early this year at um, uh, uh, the, the show that was in January. That's name I cannot think of off the top of my head. Don't speak of CES. Anyway, but um, yeah, so I've actually had this case a while and just uh, life was in the way for a while. And uh, so I wasn't able to complete the review until just recently. Um, Unlike a lot of the thermal take cases I've reviewed recently, this one isn't ginormous. Um, it is only slightly larger than most mid towers and is actually not really out of line for a mid tower, um, a, a, a sort of a higher end mid tower that you would see from Lee and Lee or Fantex or, or Corsair or Cooler Master. But, um, it ha- it's pretty wide because look, you can reorient the motherboard to be yes. laying down instead of, yep. Yeah, it is a little wide. It's actually not much wider than like a Fantex Evolve X. Um, they're, they're, they're actually very close in size. But um, the point of this case is ventilation. Everything is ventilated. Yeah. Um, the front is extremely open. The power supply basement is extremely open. Even the, the side beside the power supply is ha- has ventilation there. Um, it's really designed to let cool air in and let it vent out wherever it wants to escape from. Um, with that said, every opening has uh, a, a dust filter, and they're actually I really like the dust filters on this case. Um, mm. They're fine enough to catch most of your bigger particles, but they still breathe, have a really nice flow characteristic to them. 
Um, it comes with four fully RGB uh, 140 millimeter fans and uh, three in the front and one in the rear. Um, you can fit up to a 420 millimeter radiator in the front and up to a 360 in the top. So if you really wanted to cool and water cool in this case, you could. Uh, but I think that's sort of missing the point of this case. Um, air cooling with the test system I use, this case performed amazingly. Um, it was the, the CPU temps were actually lower than the bench testing. And yeah, get some positive uh, pressure in there that, that often you've got happens. the positive pressure. Um, now I tested it two ways with the fans. Um, first off, I set the, uh, the, the test bench I'm using, I'm now setting up a, a, a fixed, uh, uh, wattage load on the CPU and, uh, GPU. And I'm setting the fans to a lock speed, uh, 1000 on the CPU fan and 1300 on the GPU cooler. Um, so you're going to get, um, you know, very consistent results from review to review from now on. So I tested this with the fans at 100% and the temperatures were amazing, but boy, was it loud, uh, using the sound testing methodology, it was over 51 dB, um, I lowered them just a little bit. I wanted to set like a noise normalized 40 dB. And I did so, but at 40 dB, I discovered these fans, uh, they were spinning at about a thousand and ten RPM and they created a resonance from about a thousand and ten to about a thousand and ninety RPM. So I lowered it just a bit to 39 dB. They were still spinning at about 990 RPM, but the resonance was gone. Um, actually, if you look at the the chart where it's at the at the 40 dB range, you can actually see the spike um, where the resonance was happening um, at a little over over about 275 uh, hertz, and then the higher noise range is much higher than you see at the 39 dB range. And that's what it looks like at full speed fans, 51 yeah. dB. You're, you're at yeah, like it, blower no, style fine. graphics card sound levels there over 50. Yeah, dB. it's, um, but even at the sub 1000 RPM range on the, the stock fans, um, the temperatures were fantastic, both in the CPU stress test, the GPU stress test, and in the gaming stress test. The temperatures were fantastic. Um, this case just flows so much air. It does a great job. With that said, once again, I ran into quality control issues with the thermal take case. Um, you, this, I see a again, picture with super glue. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so previously on one of the thermal tech cases I reviewed, several of the motherboard standoffs had been installed cross-threaded. Um, this one, the center three screws, top, middle, and bottom for an ATX motherboard were all stripped. The, the three standoffs had been installed so tightly that they stripped the threading, and that's Part of the issue is the sheet metal used on it is a little thin. Um, 
And so those standoffs would just spin. So as a temporary fix, I use super glue to hold them in place. Uh, a more permanent fix would be to find a, a nut of the right size and then, you know, tighten it down from the back. Um, but you know, it's just a quality issue. Um, the, this is, this is a case that retails at $169.99 and there's generally around $10 shipping on that. Um, and in comparison to other cases in that price range, the performance was great. I just don't feel like the quality was there. Um, the top panel is a very cheap feeling plastic. Um, uh, the sheet metal is, is a little more flimsy than I would want to see. Uh, the tempered glass side panel is only three millimeters thick. And just about every other case from a major brand you see at this price point, a tempered glass side panel is going to be five millimeter thick or, or even thicker. Um, it's just like the quality wasn't there for a case of this price. That being said, it's, you can find it for 150 instead of 170 um, with still $10 shipping. And at that price, some of those shortcomings are a little more forgivable. Um, I guess they, maybe they in this market, have things really gone up that high that 150 is like the new $100? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Because honestly, I mean, I'm not nothing against thermal take here. I'm just saying, like, uh, he, the uh, the fact that the reason you get such great thermals is the extremely high noise levels. Can I draw your attention to this product here? Not very well received. When Corsair went back to air cooling, had that giant tower air cooler a couple of years ago. The thing yeah. would offer very good performance if you had deafening noise levels, and otherwise uh, was not very high performance. Like standard fan profile, I wasn't even doing hundred percent standard fan profile on the motherboard. It was hitting forty-eight point four dB under load. So I mean, it got very, very loud. But yeah, if you if you're okay with noise, but you, this this case actually still performed very well with the fans at a lower speed and the, and at 39 dB it was completely tolerable, um, even sitting just a couple of feet from me while I was running the tests. Hey, tell that to um, a fanless enthusiast, Kent. Tolerable? Well, to a fanless enthusiast, you're probably not looking at a case with this much ventilation. <laughs> no, because that's how they run their uh, well. The, no, that, that's builds. true. Yeah. So, can so, somehow a yeah. case that's one sixty nine ninety nine with major quality control problems and very loud noise levels? So, I would not call them major quality control. I've the, reviewed I some cases that had major of you complaining about this case. I was like, holy <laughs> crap, he's got it out for thermal take. I'm putting it all in. I don't care. It's paste, paste, but, paste. You know, I started this review, and this is the first two or at least the first three custom, uh, you know, self built PCs I ever built were all in thermal take cases. Um, and I actually still had one of those enclosures until just a few years ago. Um, and so they've, you know, they've sort of got a, a special place in my heart. Um, and I keep pulling for them. And 
you know, uh, like I liked the, the, uh, the tower 500. It was just, it, it was a well-made case. It was just huge. It's the size of a dorm fridge. Um, but other than that, it was a great case and it just keeps coming up that it's like, I keep ending up saying, you know, this case did well, but you know, and that's, yeah. that's where I keep ending up with them, unfortunately. And, uh, I, I do like this case. Um, just other than some of the issues I encountered while building in it. Um, and it's a, it's a shame because it does perform extremely well. Um, there's so much ventilation air coolers. If, if you've, you know, if you're an air cooling enthusiast, this case will perform very well for you. And, uh, Kent, my, uh, I can't see it. It's back here in the corner, but it's dark. It, that's a thermal take 100 back there. And it's a wonderful case. This is right here. It's dark. It's right there. In the yeah. The it's tower 100. Yeah. Tower 100. It's a yeah. lovely case. Love it. Yeah. I, and I didn't experience yeah. any, any build quality issues or and it's air cooled and it's, uh, yeah. well, and that was the way I, system. Yeah. that was, that was how I felt about the tower oh. 500 that I reviewed. It was, um, it was huge, but it was a very good case. Um, it, I didn't run into any quality issues with it. Um, but it was huge. Um, they do have from, uh, the, the CES that just happened, uh, or Computex just happened. CES was the one in January, and Josh yeah. was right. Mm -hmm. So Computex just happened, and they were showing off at Computex a Tower 200, I believe it was, that's another ITX case, but it's slightly larger than the 100. Um, it looks like it's going to have a little better cooling support in it, so that'll be exciting to see. Oh, I can't remember the case that was in, but I did have one that came with a thermal take X-ray. The cigarette lighter in the five and a quarter inch drive bay. I can't remember what case I had it in though. It was huge. And it's the same sort of thing where, yeah, if there was a nuclear war, you could hide inside the damn thing. Oh, that's nice looking. This is a tower. Yeah, that's, 200. The two, that's the new 200. Yeah. So is the 200 an M, uh, MATX or? It might be an MATX. It might be a micro ATX. That would make sense with the 100. I know, ITX I know at least, I know at least one of the people that was going through the, the thermal take booth at, at uh, Computex was saying, had said that it was ITX, but I think I did hear someone say it was micro ATX. Micro ATX. And seeing those best. photos of it. And most perfect form factor in the history of the PC. Let's move to picks of the week. Josh, please get us started. Hey, okay. So I'm, I'm on a work vacation trip in Minneapolis. Got to get up early tomorrow and then drag some heavy equipment out of the base of a turbine, the wind turbine. So I'm looking forward to that. That's why I'm probably grimacing. Well, the Alienware? Well, it's not Alienware, but Microcenter did build it. But speaking of Microcenter, <laughs> my pick of the week is going to visit Microcenter. This is, nice. uh, I think, the first time I've, I've been to a Microcenter. I went to some other ones in the past, but this is a new experience. If you've never done it before, you really just need to make the trip because it has all the things. 
It's got all oh, the people you, that Brett. helped it out. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my pick. Who gives it a micro center just because? Don't buy anything. Buy a network cable. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> to the people who live just near one extreme. who just think, oh, of course, everybody's got a micro center. It's like McDonald's no. where I live. It's not. It's not in every no. state. There's like 24 locations in all of the U.S. Brett, are you not muted? in Canada? So don't bitch no, too much. You're just doing. No, mime. I'm just not. I'm just rhyming. not. I'm just not verbally stepping on you. I'm just. I wanted you to continue your rant while I was like, "What? <laughs> just go to Micro Center. What's your problem? It's like the yeah, Micro Center is like three just, or four hours away. So you should just walk over so, to your nearest Micro Center and poor? just uh, and just Get shop the aisles plane. until you find what you want. I mean, go how difficult Center. is that? It's all sitting right there. I mean, the um, here's the problem: it. the the Micro Center in store prices are very attractive until I start calculating. Wait a minute, it's going to cost me forty dollars in gas just to get there. So all my savings are gone. Once I factor in gas, so I, just never I think go. you live. Yeah, the closest micro centers to me are about three hours away, and I wish there was one much closer. As as a water cooling aficionado, it would really be nice if I discover I need a certain fitting to just be able to drive somewhere and get one instead of having to order it and wait four or five days for it to get here. I've I've had or some like networking gear size. I've had networking gear go down, and I've gone out and gotten the exact same uh, replacement unit at Micro Center off the shelf, and it's wow. used, it's not stuff that you can find easily. All right, so the Jeremy. serious embracing section. It's oh, nuts. it did. Yeah, it's like a two two you know an aisle that's split in, in half, and and it's got high end sim racing gear and stands and all of that. It's like I didn't know you can actually purchase this stuff. Yeah, anyway, just put it in your truck along. and drive away. And uh, the yeah. water cooling uh, detail, uh, the aisle of water cooling is is extremely detailed and with different brands and manufacturers imported stuff from EK. It's it's impressive. Yeah, it's great if you got one nearby. Jeremy, I think everyone should have one nearby. Yeah, oh, sorry. So, go let's go ahead, Micro Center. Yeah, I don't make that happen. What's your uh, <laughs> pick of the week, Jeremy? Uh, coincidentally, it is also sort of a broad pick, uh, like Josh went for. I've got a Dell S3220DGF, and yeah, about six, seven months ago, I bought it in 2020. Uh, about six, seven months ago, it developed a bright pixel. And so I wanted to hold on to it for a little bit, just to hope that Dell, you know, ran out of these and had to send me a newer monitor and replacement, because the the Dell Premium Panel Exchange is brilliant. If you don't know about this, uh, if you buy like an S-Series or several of the other sort of ultra-sharp high-end, like the, the U's, the UP's, the D's, and the S's, you've got three years where if you develop a single bright subpixel or about uh, is six or eight dark subpixels, depending on uh, where you're looking at, they will replace the entire bloody monitor done. And so I made this complaint yesterday because uh, I, I looked up my warranty and I realized it actually expires on the 18th. So I did drag it a little bit longer than I wanted to, but hey, my warranty is expiring in five days, but hey, I've got a bright pixel. All right, go through the thing, take a picture of it. And I got, I am now talking, I'm now watching you on a brand new replacement monitor. It arrived within 24 hours. 
Uh, now I deal with Dell on a professional level, so that might be a little bit. They they might have done a little bit of a thing for me because uh, they they know in my professional life that they don't want to mess with me. But uh, you know, it was just it, as a personal thing that the Dell Premium Panel Exchange is brilliant because you've got three years where seriously you get one bright pixel, you're getting a new monitor. There are some brilliant ones. AOC is great. Gigabyte is great. There are a bunch of great monitor suppliers out there, but not all of them do this sort of premium panel exchange that Dell does. And I was kind of impressed that they did it within 24 hours and thought that I might mention that to be nice and to let you know that, hey, it's a thing. Very nice. I knew Asus had that on a monitor I bought. Yeah, you? I think it's only two years, though. Oh, okay. Brett. And that I still have an Asus monitor with a bright pixel on it because uh, I waited oh. too long. Brett, your pick. Last weekend, uh, me and uh, my uh, sons went off-road riding for uh, hundreds of miles or 70 miles or something like that over a weekend. Great time, and we mounted cameras to the machines, and uh, we had several GoPros with us, and uh, I threw some up on the monitor uh, for some people to show where we were, were, and they were like blown away by the picture quality of the monitor. And I'm reminded again that GoPros actually take a pretty good photo when they're working properly. Um, caveat, working properly. And most of the time they work okay. Sometimes they're a bit of a pain. But hey, 100 bucks you off, though. if you don't have one, you can't even try. So this is a GoPro eight, not the latest. I think they're up to uh, 11. Uh, but still with image stabilization, I, I, I was using a GoPro five, a GoPro um, uh, seven and a GoPro nine over the weekend. They all take great pictures and they look great. Even blown up at uh, 1080, they'll do 4k, they do 2.7k, they'll do 1080p 60. Uh, I, I know that the eight will as well. It's a, it's a fantastically fun uh, device uh, to, to use in motorsports or any sports activity or even just vlogging or something like that. At $199, if you don't own one yet, this might be the time to pick one up. So this is the GoPro Hero 8 Black for $199 from uh, Best Buy right now. Are you at all weirded out that it's constantly recording and just not saving? Uh, they don't all do that. You have to turn that on. Most of them do, but they do that like where all you, all of a sudden you hit record and it's already got like two or three seconds before you hit record backwards, backwards. There's yeah. a, yeah. there is a configuration that allows you to do like go backwards in time in even greater amount of time. You can turn that on as well. Yeah. Hey, maybe it's creepy, but then that first time you almost missed something and realize, oh, I didn't miss it. Then you exactly. Yeah. Okay with it. Does the you have to go up to the Hero Nine Black to get the gyro data, or does the is that something? The, like what do you mean the 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 geo data, the Gy geosync? gyro data? Um, no, the gyro. Good question. It'll do like po some of them will do because they record the gyro in the camera. When you do the processing, it will do a much better, almost gimbal-like stabilization after yeah. the nine was the nine was really good. The, I have a seven, uh, seven black, uh, that does, I think was the first one with the hyper smooth. Okay. Uh, it does yeah. a pretty good job, although they've continued to improve that generation by generation. The nine is super, super solid. I can't imagine, uh, the eight is going to be any slouch at it. Um, well, if it I is, have a, five, a chicken with you. 
<laughs> I have a five cube, one of the very, very small micro ones. In fact, uh, Hot Wheels actually made a couple of cars that you could drop this Go GoPro yes. cube yeah. on. Oh, nice! I, I have two. Yeah. I have two of the Hot, the Hot Wheels cars. They're, they're actually pretty cool when you put the camera on it. But anyway, oh damn! Um, I'll flip that it, for my niece. It even does a pretty good job with uh, smoothing, although they just call it stabilization. Once it yeah, got to the different seven, methods, you can do it um, yep. by cropping the sensor. Mm -hmm. Kind of moving yep. the image around, or you can do it and with finding, the, you know, it's actually like an oversampling, and then they find the yeah. the smoothing part of the the image. Yeah, because you yeah, need so the full thing. Like if it's a five K sensor, you're only shooting at four K. You've got exactly. some extra pixels to move around. Exactly. Hypersmooth five is on the Hero Eleven Black. I don't remember if that's the gyro. I, th I know the latest one does have that. Uh, like I said, the, I have a Hero 7 that has the first generation, I believe, of Hypersmooth on it, and it does a very, very good job, although you can tell the difference between the 7 and the 9. I don't I don't own an 8, um, but the deal for this is $199 for an 8, and it's got this, at least the second generation of Hypersmooth on it. Yeah. My only issue with GoPros has always just been that fisheye kind of ultra, ultra wide look to yeah. anything. Yeah, you, you can tune that. You can go to like narrow, wide, ultra wide. Right, but you're, um, you're cropping in at that point, so you're not true. getting the same. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, They're also still, a little wonky sometimes, but yeah. you know, I've it's had still, some like, issues. I, I feel superior with my little camera setup, and then it's like, this thing is huge. Like, even though it's a small camera, yeah. you put a lens on it, and then you've got like, it's like, I understand the appeal. It's tiny, and it's durable, yeah. and it does what people and want it to do. You throw the images up on a screen after you've done some sporting thing or some, you know, mechanical or, or motorsport thing, and people are blown away by the picture quality. They can't believe it. It's like it's it's it is. It's really Sounds really like good an looking. Infomercial almost. I know. I'm sorry. Was the product yeah, provided? Do you have to no. do a, a disclaimer? But I do. I do own a couple of them. So okay. I do. I did put my money where my mouth was. So mm -hmm. who's next? Kent. Sebastian. That's your no, chat. No pick. Oh, okay. And in the on of time. Kent. Okay. So um, there's two things you can be sure of in this world, uh, especially when it comes to this show. The first is we're going to talk about ARC. And the second is at some point during the show, we're going to shill for Solidime. And Solidime on I love UAG you, right Alan. now. Solidime has the craziest deal on a quality SSD I think I've ever seen at this point, a two terabyte PCIe four. It's the P 41 plus it's not the P 44. It's 79 99 with a $5 off coupon code. That's oh, extended so to 74 99. Yeah. And you know, this so, P 41 plus not to step on you or anything, but that, that takes full advantage of the Solidime Synergy software. Yes. Synergy. And Synergy. Two terabytes. It's also 40 for, cents a gig. Yeah. That it's uh four cents a gig? Four cents sorry, a gig. Yeah, yes. four cents a gig, not forty. Right, ah. It's forty Canadian cents a gig. But yeah, fair. <laughs> it's been a long week. But no, um, four cents a gig, yeah, uh, and it'll go faster thanks to Alan. Yes. Um, huh. So I saw that, and I was like, "That's my pick this week. That's just got to be the pick. That's the cheapest quality SSD I've ever seen per per gig, and it'll probably be cheaper in two more weeks because flash just keeps going down." Yeah. 
And you know, Solidime, they're a new paradigm of solid state storage, it says here in the market. And that will give you some insight into their name because they're solid state paradigm solid dime. Yeah. Oh, hell, it's only 126 bucks in Canada. It's cheap as chips. Six cents a gig. That's insane. Chips. Yeah, it's sweet as nice. I, I actually, when I Seriously, saw that, that ad, I, I linked it and I looked and just made sure that I was looking at it correctly because I right. could not believe that two terabytes was going to going for that price from a good company. No, it wasn't that long ago that finding a 256 gig SATA SSD for $80 would have been, ah, how many can I buy? You know, it's just, yeah. yeah. And now uh, two something terabytes. Something about shucking uh, external drives. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is an amazing deal. For us Canucks too. Their P44 was, check uh, it out as well. 119 for the two terabyte today. Oh, really? The P44? Yeah. Things are getting so Ooh. damn so affordable. So it. much for Ryan's law, eh? It's now yeah. Alan's <laughs> law. Alan. Alan's law. Let's see. Yeah, the What's P44 that, Pro a gig? on Newegg. Two terabyte, 129. And there's a 10. Well, it ends in two hours. But there's a, you save another 10% with a promo code. So, I mean, they're very aggressive. It's another $13. See, this off. is what you get for watching us live. Yeah. Go. If you're watching the uh, <laughs> yeah. video, I mean, you're, you're going to miss this, but there, there's a website called newegg.com. I think it's like a, cause you know, eggheads, like computer people. And then they have uh, a warehouse full of computer parts and you can order them on, uh, over your phone line or something. I don't really know how it works. It goes through like a tube. Yep. It's a series of tubes. Mm -hmm. Well, cause there's more than one, um, yeah. web store. The internet as we I know it. To, I seem to recall I made a uh, a pick just three or four weeks ago for two terabytes of uh, QLC for $120. And here we are now seeing it for 75 mm -hmm. And then the P44 Pro is uh, up to TLC. And it's not that. Yes. I mean, it's, it's a premium attached to it, of course. But it's still so damn cheap compared to just yeah. a year or two ago. Yep. Graphics cards have gone up, but memory and storage keeps dropping and dropping, and it's glorious. Just use integrated graphics. Forget the AAA titles, unless you want to play them at like 720 low. All right. Uh, for those high frame rates. And I just. That's it. Just, I want to buy a GPU that's memoryless, and I just stack SSDs on it. Yeah, we could get into the whole upgradable gpu vram again <laughs> but we don't have to do that anyway no uh thanks for watching how much how much do you really need nope sorry yeah exactly <laughs> the more you buy the more you save <laughs> all right well thank you this is the outro by the way thank you for watching listening and uh, we'll do it all again next week bye bye now